This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. Radio. My name is Joshua Lewis. Uh, this is an episode dedicated to discussing the kind of experiences at Bethel, tarot cards and glory dust and Kundalini spirits and grave sucking and all this stuff. We're gonna dive into it. Christian tarot it. cards. Uh, Christian tarot cards. Did you mention grave sucking? I said it. I okay. said it. All right. I gotta make sure that one's in there. Anyway. We're Remnant Radio. If you're new here, we're a theology broadcast. We interview pastors and teachers from across the world discussing theology, many of them outside of our denomination and our movement. Our goal is to kind of suspend our presuppositions, study theology from our Christian brothers uh, from different denominations so that we can kind of challenge ourselves as we approach scripture and approach our practice in Christian faith. If you're interested in something like that, we interview guys like N.T. Wright and William Lane Craig and Dr. Michael Heiser and really great stuff. You hit subscribe and you'll come out with content just like this and you'll get notified when we come out with content just like this. You're not coming out with it. Michael. Yes. This is episode three for today. It's the Start triple feel it. header. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I'm excited. Yeah. Because I've been waiting to talk about grave soaking for like Way the too last long. three episodes. Way too long. Actually, I mean, it's not actually even the one I'm most excited about because I've heard Bill Johnson's response on this. But, yeah. mm-hmm. but we're going to go ahead and dive in. And um, But you know what? I know a lot of our viewers who are watching live, they've watched you the last like two episodes in a row. But someone's watching this a year from when we originally filmed it, and mm-hmm. they have no clue who you are. Okay. So introduce us to yourself. Uh, my name's Elijah, and I attend Bethel, and uh, I like it a okay. lot. So you've been there 11 years? I, I'm not sure it's 11, since 2011. So. Uh, 2011. Nine-ish. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah 2011. Okay, since 2011, and you teach in their Supernatural Ministry yeah, School. Uh, well, I've taken this semester off, but... I've taught a lot in it, yeah. Uh, I, I teach a class called Thinking Deeper About the Supernatural. It's a meld of uh, how to develop your intellect, um, apologetics, like how do I know the resurrection happened, how do I know God exists, how do I know miracles happened, how do we look through the lens of science and stuff of that nature uh, on it, and we ask the hard questions about things like, the kundalini spirit is is that's what happened in our revival or or is something else is that the holy spirit all right well let's just jump right right. into talking kundalini all right (laughs) okay so um kundalini spirit this is when like you know if you ask somebody at bethel all right yeah (laughs) you You gotta get your microphone adjusted you gotta talk a little louder all right so if you ask somebody at Bethel what's happening, the Holy Spirit's slamming somebody. They're doing this number right, right, right here, right. shaking like crazy. And everybody's nice. like, woo, Holy Spirit's yeah. hidden. And then the video gets out on YouTube, and everyone's like, that's a kundalini demon. Right. So what do we do with that? Right. Way too much energy. Yeah. <laughs> in, um, in that. Uh, you learn to discern. That That's what you do with it. Uh, discernment is learning good from bad, spirit from flesh, and it's 
truth from error, stuff of that nature. And the Bible calls us to discernment. And so um, the best that I can tell is that the idea of a kundalini spirit in the hypercharismatic movement came out by a guy named Andrew Storm, and he wrote a book called Kundalini Warning. Uh, and there's a documentary on YouTube. And he shows these uh, Hindi gurus uh, placing their hands on people, and they start shaking. And he goes, this kind of looks like the stuff at Bethel. Um, these people report healing. Uh, I... I think it's called Shaktipad, which is where they twitch afterwards. What do you do with that? Uh, and the first time I watched that, years and years and years ago, I go, I went, I don't have a clue. Um, but part of the claim was, uh, in, in that documentary, it was if someone had a kundalini demon, you know, then that person might feel love or shake or fall down. Um, and so if someone after prayer at Bethel shakes and falls down and has manifestation. Therefore, they have a kundalini awakening or a kundalini spirit. A problem with that is you're creating a uh, logical error. Um, and it, it, it's called affirming the consequent. So if I make a syllogism uh, and I, I give you two premises and a conclusion in a sound and valid uh, syllogism, what would happen is what I said the premises would have to necessarily lead to a conclusion. And so if I make an invalid argument, I'll, I'll show you one that doesn't sound right. Is If John is a website designer, then he has a job. John has a job, therefore he's a web designer. And if you listen to that, you go, that's not necessarily true. You can have a job and not be a web designer, right? Or well, you can be a web designer and not necessarily have a job. Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> We're tired. You guys get it. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. Logic the, follows. The, the, uh, that's affirming the consequent. Uh, so <laughs> if I say someone's shaking and fall, falling down, therefore it's a kundalini uh, demon, I'm making a leap in logic. And so how do you tell the difference between kundalini which looks very similar to the moves of the Holy Spirit versus uh, an actual move. Uh, Jonathan Edwards addresses this. If, if you'll turn in your Bible, uh, or you don't even have to turn in turn your in Bible. Turn in your Bible to Second Jonathan Edwards. Second chapter, Jonathan Edwards. Chapter 3. Uh, but he wrote a book called uh, Distinguishing Marks of a Move of God, and I highly recommend that. That is so short. Um, but he says that... Uh, there are things we should not take one way or the other as evidence for uh, whether or not something is a move of God. Uh, but rather what we need to do is just, I'm, I'm just going to list what he says you should not look at because this will not help you discern how odd an experience is, the effects on the bodies, is there yelling or screaming, uh, the radical changes in one's thinking, if one's imagination sees God, uh, if, if the teacher has the most influence. So at Bethel, like Bill has a lot of influence. He's like, that's the way it's happening back in the Great Awakenings. Uh, if those who lead have sin in their lives, um, we had uh, pastors that have had affairs uh, in our movement. I, I think 
Uh, we have had pastors that have practiced the occult, not pastors, uh, Jason Westerfield practiced the occult. Bill had to call him out in a sermon. There's a YouTube video where he does that. Others fall into error. Uh, and what uh, Edward says in 1 John uh, 4, 1 through 7, he says, there's five ways you can know if something is a move of God. And so I'm just going to read this to you and I'm going to tell you uh, what they are. Uh, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God because many false prophets have gone out to the world. And that's true. Uh, Mormonism is a great example of false prophecy uh, creating a false religion. Uh, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Christ has come in the flesh is God. And so Edward said, look, if this group is making a lot of Jesus, demons don't do that. If they're preaching Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, a demon will never do that, and only God will lead people to do that. And that's one of the things... So if you had a dream about Jesus, and you were in an occult-like group, and you had an encounter with Jesus, and it brought you to Christ, you repented of your sin and gave up your cult practices, you would go, Jonathan Edwards says that's legit. He says that you can know that. You can 100% know that is a mark of a move of God. Um, and I, by Jesus, I mean the hypostatic union Jesus that died on the cross for our sins, that lived a holy life, real Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. But every spirit that does not acknowledge uh, Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming and uh, even now is already in the world. And then he goes on, you dear children are from God. Uh, but have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Uh, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And so he said the second thing is, uh, does this oppose worldliness and sin? So the devil and man is never going to call call you out of biblical sin. Mm-hmm. And that's something that happens at Bethel all the time, is that they are calling people out of biblical sin. We have moral revolution. Um, there's, you know, Dr. Van Maul trying to help trans kids that uh, are being, uh, you know, uh, how do I put it? Their parents are trying to transition them. Uh, there's tons of preaching against sin. Mm-hmm. And that does not come from the devil, right. ever. You know, what, what this all makes me think of is Matthew chapter 11, where yeah. Jesus is getting criticized, 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 and he, and he says, listen, you know, I come eating and drinking, and you say I'm a drunkard and a glutton. John right. comes not eating and drinking, and you say he has a demon. Right. And then he says, and then he, he leads into wisdom is justified by our children. Mm-hmm. His point is, Look at the fruit of our ministry. Yeah, John led a massive revival, and now I'm leading a massive revival, and people are getting saved, and lives are getting transformed, and you're looking at that, and really, you just don't like the package that it comes right. in. Right. And I do think that we as Christians have to be careful about that, because you know we might not like the package the Holy Spirit comes in sometimes. Right. The question is, whose life is getting changed? And I've read uh, Jonathan Edwards' work, and that's exactly what he says. Right. And and he goes on and says, you know, we are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever's not from God doesn't listen to us. And he just takes that, does this point people to Scripture? And at Bethel, we have literal classes where it's line by line, 
listen to the scripture, obey the scripture. I taught First John line by line, Philippians line by line. Um, and then he goes on and says, this is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. And so Edwards says, look, the next question you need to ask is, does this place elevate truth? And I feel like I learned my voice at Bethel. And I learned the courage to say truthful things when I was afraid. Hmm. Uh, and then does this produce love for God and others? And there's people that come out of our ministry uh, that say they love God and they're learning to love other people. And so when someone's preaching Christ and someone falls to the ground and is shaking and they're calling out sin and they're pointing people to scripture and they're elevating truth and they're preaching love, um, then you know it's not the spirit of darkness that's causing people to fall to the ground. And this was the problem of the Great Awakenings. Uh, when I look back at the Great Awakenings, I see so many phenomenon happening that match exactly what we're having at Bethel. Um, this is Jonathan Edwards writing from his journal. It was a frequent thing to see a house full of outcries, faintings, convulsions, and such, both with distress and with admiration and joy. This is Peter Cartwright, a father in the Methodist movement. Just in the midst of our controversies on, on the subject of powerful uh, exercises among the people under preaching, a new exercise broke out amongst us called the jerks, which was overwhelming in its effect upon the bodies and minds of people. No matter whether they were saints or sinners, they were taking under a warm, warm song or sermon and seized with convulsing jerks all over. And so this is it's a phenomenon that's new to Bethel. It's a phenomenon that's happened throughout our church history during times of great revival. And so uh, there's an article by a man named Paul uh, King called, uh, let me see it, Supernatural Physical Manifestation in the Evangelical Holiness Revival Movements, uh, that I highly recommend anyone who thinks this stuff just originated a few years ago at the Toronto Blessing uh, to read because you'll see it happen all during the Great Awakenings. And so the people we think of as the modern leaders of the church, John Wesley, George Whitfield, uh, Jonathan Edwards, all experience this type of shaking in their ministry. Um, and so that's why Edwards wrote the book on, on distinguishing marks of the Spirit of God, is so that people would see this new phenomenon and go, look, I, I this could be God or not, but the gospel's going forth, and so this is a legit move of God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what, what if someone's saying, okay, you know, you're you're quoting, and this is so funny, because people are in the comments saying, Jonathan Edwards is not scripture, and I'm just rubbing my head going, Jonathan Edwards was going through First John just right. now, which is what you're quoting, which yeah. is scripture, right. and we're using an authority to help us understand what that means. So that that's a little frustrating for people who don't want to listen. But but also, there are people in the comments that are like, "Hey, like maybe maybe you're you're saying all these things line up, but what if we go to the altar and we pray to God who is in heaven to give us the Holy Spirit, like?" What if he gives us a serpent? Like, what if he gives us a demon? Right. Like, isn't isn't that possible? Can't we get a kundalini spirit if we're pursuing God, trying to right. encounter God? Can't God give us a demon? 
Yeah, and I, I would not think that's the case. I, I, I mean, Jesus teaches the exact opposite right. when he's like, your father's not going to give you a snake. He's not going to give you a stone. Um, and so I think there is a myth out there that comes from ignorance of revival history. And I highly encourage many in my ref reformed friends to go back and listen to a series on Puritanism uh, that is done by uh, RTS. Not Siri. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, she's listening. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, because they talk about all these experiences. Dear Reformed theologians are talking about all these experiences during the Great Awakenings. Uh, I, I want to say it's a Dr. Kelly, um, but I highly recommend it will set your soul on fire for revival. Okay, so let me ask the opposite question because it's like, okay, every time I pray to God, I get the Holy Spirit, not a devil, not a demon. Uh, sure. Great. But is that to say that every experience at Bethel, every single one of them, because we pray to God that those are all legit and those are all the Holy Spirit? No. Um, what okay. it is to say is the there is revival there. And so he's trying to discern a mark of the move of God. You can say there are fleshly things that freak me out at Bethel that may not even align with Scripture. And Edwards would say, look, when Moses is throwing down his staff and it turns into a snake, that's a move of God. Right next to this, there are people doing demonic acts, turning their serpents into snakes. Right. You can't look at the serpents being turned into snakes by the evil people and so then that's all the devil and it's, go, always, it's the devil. always the devil and so you're in not fact, being ironically that sounds yeah. very charismatic it's always the devil right, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's actually really funny yeah all right okay so um let's talk healings okay do you see legit healings at bethel do you see like, and why doesn't someone make a documentary out of that? Yes. If they really see miracles. Right. I mean, yeah. right. we literally, like, and I'm not talking like, I think I might have had a headache and I think it might be gone. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking like a miracle miracle. Yeah, like someone who had tubes in their stomach and like couldn't really eat food and that God like totally healed them. We you said there was a smile on your face. That's tragic. It's in the documentary yeah. that he okay. filmed yeah. <laughs> that I watched today. <laughs> that, that literally made me pull over and cry. It was so yeah. Um we're literally trying to research <laughs> them and publish them in peer-reviewed journals, and yeah. we're getting them in there. Um, and so um, I, I have also seen miracles. Like, this is the thing. When, I, when you put someone from Bethel on your show, everybody's – a lot of people are like, I don't like this dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could name them, but I, I – Yeah, I, 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 the am, I am super skeptical. Sure. Um, and I have spent my entire life trying to go, are miracles the real deal? Because I don't want to believe in a fairy tale. Yeah. Um, and so there have been miracles I've seen with my own eyes that while these aren't medically confirmed, I can go, this is super close. So uh, to being established epistemologically. So me and three friends, let me back up. There was a Sunday school class where we prayed for the sick. And there was a guy named Dave. And Dave had a bone-on-bone -bone knee injury. He was a homeless guy. And he would walk with a cane and was in deep pain because if you don't have cartilage, 
your knee's going to just hurt. And he had it for 30 years. And so um, I remember one day uh, I was going to feed migrant workers oranges uh, with a group of three friends and give them blankets. And on the drive, uh, I asked a girl because I was su- just like, have you ever seen a mer- miracle with your own eyes? And she said, one time I prayed for a guy with a bone-on-bone knee injury and his knee got healed. And so as we're driving, I thought about Dave and I thought if I ever saw him again, I would tell him the testimony of just what I heard because we were at that season where Bill was starting to really emphasize share testimonies. Sometimes God uses that as a part of the healing. And so as we're driving down the road, Dave is coming this way in the opposite side. And I tell the guy driving as fastly as I can what happened. He turns the car around and waves Dave down into a lumber yard. And we get out and I tell him the testimony of what just happened. And I pray for two or three minutes. And then I have him, like I, I say, can you put a little pressure on this? And he jumps up and down on it and falls to the ground crying. And I think, oh my gosh, we just heard him. And then he gets up and he runs off and he doesn't come back yeah. and he keeps running up the road and five minutes goes by. And then I turn to the lady who was riding with him. And I'm like, what's happened? Why isn't he coming back? She said, he hasn't ran in 30 years. He hasn't wow. ran in 30 years. And so as we drive away, because he just never comes back, (laughs) I see him running up the road saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then uh, I'm still skeptical because I'm that skeptical. Uh, uh, And the next Sunday, I would see him at church and I'd ask him about it. And I'd have to say, jump up and down. Show me that it's fixed. And we'd jump up and down. And that happened week after week after week. And so I, I, I've seen God do things that I think only God can do. And I think I am experiencing legitimate revival. Are there parts that are weird and even parts that are fleshly? Yes. But you have to discern. Yeah. And if you go, hey, I'm just going to kick all this out and I'm not going to read the stuff on Jonathan Edwards and I'm not going to read the stuff on... The Puritans. The Puritans or... Or the passage of the Bible that talk about healings and yeah, miracles and... Yeah. That's fine. Stuff. You choose that. But like, I want to know God in this lifetime. And I try to live the scriptures. I try to live a holy life. I try to be intellectually honest about this. And you would say, and I want to be careful, because yeah. you would say that people like who, who are cessationists, they still know God. Like I, they, I would. They have a relationship with God. I would. But there's also what I would say is that there is teaching of Jesus that you, there's, how do I put it? There's objective knowledge. Yeah. Like you can go, it is a fact. God heals people. And then there's experiential knowledge, which is you live like something objective is true and then you experience it. So I believe it's objectively true. Jesus can save people. I've shared the gospel. People have come to Jesus. Yeah. I've Then I experienced God saving people. I've objectively believed for years God could heal people. Didn't see it because I didn't have the courage to go pray for sick people. And when I did that, I saw 
miracles with my own eyes. And so I'm not saying they don't know God. They, there's objective knowledge about him that they believe they're his children. But I'm saying there is a subjective type that you have to live your life in order to experience. And what is the tragedy of the American church is that we train people like their pupils in school rather than turn them into disciples that live a lifestyle hmm. where they see the power of God uh, and they give their lives and they die to their sins. So it's, it's easy to go, okay, we're talking about healing, yeah. the power of God, right? Right. Someone falls over. We've done a video on uh, slain in the spirit. People can go back and watch if, if they're interested in it. Um, and you can get our thoughts on that because we're a little bit more open there. We're asking you your thoughts on some of this stuff. So healings, that's great. Sure. Prophetic words, like when they're spot on, sure. like they're spot on. You just know or you don't know. Yeah. But like there are some other things that are a little bit less clear, right? right. So like glory clouds, gold okay, dust, yes. uh, 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 gemstones, feathers, right. angel, spontaneous feathers. angel. Are we going to like, I just going to call. I want to know, was there an angel DNA test? Like Michael, <laughs> I mean, how do you know if it's an angel? Yeah. I, I mean, that is a part of it is <laughs> there is, is it logically possible for, well, let's just start there. Is it logically possible for glory clouds to happen? Yeah. Is it logically possible that God would make feathers appear? Sure. Is it logically possible uh, God could drop a gemstone for whatever reason? Yes. I, I, I don't think there's a, a Christian that would deny the logical possibility that of it. That God could right. in his sovereign right. power. Right. right. And so the question then becomes, did God do it and how do you know? Um, and the reality is every one of those can be faked. Like, let's just be honest. I mean, except you were telling me 45 minutes. Sure, sure, sure. So you That's you were actually in the room when the glory cloud yes. descendeth. Hey, yes. he was there when the Lord came through, when the church was on fire, and the Holy Ghost... Now it's yeah. a song, sorry. Uh, and <laughs> I, I looked around and uh, I went, how do you do this? Uh, like... Is this real? Like, this... describe the scene. Like, what's happening? Are people, like, everybody sees it, and everybody they're just, like, looking it. at it? Everybody's worshiping. It's raining, like, gold flakes or whatever um, for a very long time. Like, it felt like an elongated worship service. Um, was it a normal Sunday morning or a different meeting? It was a nighttime I can't remember what day it was on. Um, and like, you can either throw this into the, keep going. like, you know, maybe someone faked it. Uh, maybe it's real. Um, but like, I felt that everybody's heart was no matter what this is, we are going to worship God. And sometimes you worship God for what he's, is logically possible he can do and okay. and go i i'm trying to discern right now and i'm in the middle of something that is overwhelmingly odd to me um and to just be humble and finite right and like i think that's really hard for people uh to grasp is like there are things that occur 
that are outside of my ability to make hard calls one way or the other. And the glory cloud still baffles me. Um, and I'm not, I, I want to live an intellectually honest life, not to convince your audience, but because I want to clearly define reality. And I think that's worship. Yeah. And, and to say, I don't know at times, I think that's worship. Um, but it moved me a ton. I've, I've got experiences I can't make sense of. Sure. You know, um, so, so let's, but if we're going to, if we're going to say, um, a gem, sure. uh, you know, some people are in the comment section, ain't according to Heiser, angels don't even have feathers, you know, have yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So great. Okay. It, it could, it could be. So describe dust. some of these people who are like, okay, ain't dust. There's one I would experience gold flakes appear and disappear. Um, I thought to myself, well, how, because, you know, my, my disposition is skepticism. I, I know science well. How do you fake this? Um, I bought fake glitter and would throw it up into the air. And I thought, this stuff falls. <laughs> you like perform tests. Yeah. Um, this stuff uh, disappears too fast. Um, how, how do you maintain that for 45 minutes? This is the thing. I would highly recommend skeptics to do is just ask yourself how much glitter would it take to fill an auditorium for 45 minutes? Like do the math and go, how would you launch it? Well, I'm pretty sure people would notice it was coming out of the air ducts. Sure. Um, and how would you move it to the back of the, I'm not even trying to justify it. I'm just saying, I'm just, like, I yeah, see what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah, you've yeah. got to think through the rationale Yeah, but basically of it. you're saying it, it, you can't really, like, prove one way or another. No. But you're telling us your experience of it was right. it was 45 minutes. You had golden-colored stuff on your person right. afterward, and you tested it to see how long it right. would take. And it's not it a real to, test. It seemed to pass yeah. the smell test. But you also wouldn't be asking any of our viewers to base their entire view of Bethel right. based upon whether or not the glory cloud descended. Right. right. Okay, so right. gems, feathers, glory dust. Right. But, but the gems but thing I, on people that. People have faked like, gems it, before. Like, there's sure. a guy on the internet who got arrested for faking gems. There's a guy, uh, I think there's people who have faked oil. in. Like, I'm very aware of charlatanism. Sure. Um, and I don't feel at Bethel I have ever been forced to throw out my mind on this and just blindly accept without question uh, this stuff. Although people, I feel sometimes jump to conclusions rather quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just telling you that is as if you want knowledge, that's as far as I can right. get you. So, so my, my question is, does it does it does it go through the, the smell check of Edwards? The, the things that we were talking about. It with Edwards? would go through. Um, it's it's a one way or the other. It, it could either be God. It could not. He 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 would not say this it's is for sure. Devil. The mark of the true revival. He would say is Jesus preached. Uh, is, is scripture taught? Gotcha. Is, love uh holistically yeah and so i have no problems with things i okay. can't 
Well, so let's let's go on to some okay. stuff that's Let, more concrete. Let's do uh, Christian tarot cards. So the whole like Christ alignment ministry. Sure. So my understanding of this is that um, there, you know, there's a group of like New Age occultists that somebody who was connected with Bethel was sure. trying to reach, and so since the people in the occult use tarot cards. This person connected with Bethel, I don't know how connected. Uh-huh. I read varying reports, so I don't know which one sure. to believe. But uh, anyway, someone connected with Bethel was like making artwork on cards sure. in imitation of tarot cards. And mm-hmm. they were saying it's prophetic art. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to use a sort of new age medium, if you will, but we're going to redeem it for Christ and use use it to make prophetic art and communicate to these people and we can communicate by the Holy Spirit and maybe get them mm-hmm. saved. And so what I saw later was it seemed as though, uh, well, actually, I'm just going to, is my description accurate? Stop there. Uh, it's close enough. Like okay. it's- did I, what did I miss? Um, yeah, those are good questions. One, they would not call themselves tarot cards. Uh, they would say they're some type of prophetic deck or, or something of that nature. I, I, I don't remember what it was. Um, but the uh, gist of the matter was that they would, there was a booth that they set up and they're like, look, we do these new age fairs. And if like you, Burning Man or whatever. No, it is a ongoing f- fair in Australia that uh, Australia. How's yeah, that Bethel? That's a good question. Uh, they're just l- loosely associated through family uh, with someone at the church, and so um, they they run this booth where they have a card deck. To the best of my knowledge, I could be wrong. They flip over three or four cards. They ask the person, um, uh, do you feel drawn to one? The person says, sure. And they just ask them, well, let's ask uh, Christ um, what this means to you. And so the person will go, blah, blah, blah. I felt this or that in my spirit. Um, And then through a 20-minute section, they uh, share the gospel. um, At to the degree that the person can handle it um, or lead them through some type of prophetic encounter that they feel the Holy Spirit's leading the person. And, and through. when you say to the degree that they can handle it, like if they're being responsive, they sure. keep going. And if they're like belligerent, stop talking to me, they stop sharing sure. that kind of yeah. deal. That's my understanding. Like, uh, and so, so that makes me really uncomfortable. Sure. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't like the sound of that, but like, as far as Bethel is Bethel saying, we love this evangelism. Let's do more of that. What's is this yeah. a Bethel thing at all? Like, uh, I do not think it happens at the church, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, in fact, I'm fairly certain it doesn't. Um, what happened was uh, they published a statement defending these people, saying uh, this is not Christian tarot. They're not trying to divine the future. There's a lot yeah. of hey, issues. You know, can I read their statement real quick? Sure. Oh, I didn't even know there was. Okay. I'm, um, this was from January 5th, 2018. 
There has been some recent concern about the Ministry of Christ Alignment and their supposed use of Christian tarot cards in ministering to people at New Age festivals. While the leaders of the ministry, Ken and Jenny Hodge, are connected with several members of our community, um, Christ Alignment is not formally affiliated with Bethel. We do, however, have a value for what they are seeking to accomplish. When all this came to our attention, we reached out to the Hodges to make sure we understood what they were doing and how they were trying to accomplish We accomplish it. We've included a letter from them about their way of inviting people to encounter God in the context of these festivals. Of course, we rightly assumed they are not using Christian tarot cards nor telling the future with cards. They stand in agreement with the scriptures that all occult practices like tarot cards have no place in the kingdom and should not be used. We understand that the cards have the look of something that Christians don't value and find dangerous, namely tarot cards. There are times when the way a message is presented is so off-putting that it actually drowns out the intended message. At those times, it's appropriate to speak up, ask questions, and perhaps that is what people are attempting to do. It is our hope that people would direct these questions to the Hodges themselves. It goes on. It's like sure. a, Send me that a link. Page. If you would, I'll put it in the description. We'll put the whole sure. thing in, in the description. To so. the sources. Yeah. What, Josh, what's your take on that statement? Um, so again, the, this is not me. I'm super uninvolved with this situation. I thought this was kind of like an, an accusation. I didn't even know that it was a thing. So, um, as, as far as, let me try to think of any kind of other form of evangelism that would be any, anywhere near this that I could parallel this to. It, it makes me really uncomfortable to think that this is witchcraft um, at the tarot card reading this at a new age festival, some kind of witchcraft that is, that is taking place among this community. You're entering in trying to present your message alongside the same message in a way that's packaged and presented like it is just another one of these cult like rituals. Um, that's concerning. It just is as far as, and again, I'm, sure. I'm not trying to say that uh, these people aren't Christians. I'm not trying to say that they're not actually preaching the gospel or that they're asking a false spirit. I'm just saying that I think um, uh, you should evangelize to prostitutes, right? But the way you evangelize mm -hmm. to prostitutes is very, very important. That there's a level of accountability and integrity that takes place in that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so when when we're doing evangelism, we don't want to at any point in time have the appearance of evil. Uh, or the appearance of if, if wide swaths of the Christian faith are looking at this and going, your tarot card reading, maybe this is something mm -hmm. we need to be careful of. Yeah. Um, so, so at least it is for sure con concerning. I, it's it's hard for me to to speak authoritatively on something that I'm just now learning about. Yeah. Uh, so no, I, I don't. Hear you. I don't. I hear you. I, if anyone I, feels any hesitation in yeah, my voice, that's what it is. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't like it. I'm really uncomfortable with it. I'll mm -hmm. be really honest. Like I, you know, anything that's just. I, I see and I hear of Christians, and I know Bethel's had this experience with sure. uh, Jason Westerfield, this sure. idea of redeeming the occult and mm -hmm. redeeming oh, yeah. New Age. And it's like, we're going to take from the practices of the occult yeah, like and that. <laughs> redeem them for sure. Christ. I'm just like, uh, you know, Revelation 2 pronounces a blessing upon those who do not know the deep things of Satan. Sure. And so the, there's a danger in in, like... And even getting close to that, it's a fire. Mm -hmm. And so there's a way to reach people, uh, even in the occult, that doesn't require me to kind of like get a little close to what they're doing. Now, mm -hmm. as far as the people who, you know, the Hodges, I guess it was, I'm not calling the Hodges heretics. I'm not calling them evil or anything mm -hmm. like that. I'm betting that their heart is good, that they wanted to reach these people for the kingdom. And I disagree with their method, and I think it's dangerous. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say they're evil, and and so I, I'm, said about not, like, I'm not comfortable with it. I don't like it. But um, what about First Corinthians, it's like, hey, if the people who you're eating this food, they know if you know that the the food was offered up to a false god, and you know, and they know that the, you know, like you can't eat it because they think that you're practicing in the same. Like the focus of that passage is to say that people are going to think that you're practicing the same thing they're practicing, which will scar their conscience and yeah. i feel like yeah if i'm gonna take the principle of that text i'd go man this just this sounds yeah. like that and there's ephesians i think it's ephesians 5 to avoid the appearance of evil yeah sure. and so i i think that this could fit in that category it's like well it at least it has the appearance of it so i mean i'm not in favor of it i'm not gonna <laughs> i don't, don't want to make you like here defend this thing that's sort uh, of loosely associated with a thing that you... <laughs> I, i'm not sure that is what is trying to be done though Okay. I think, and and imagine you're a leader of a church network where someone is going into occult things and they are get, getting bombarded as being a witch. And at best, let, let's put this in its best light possible. Uh, these are prophetic pictures and people are talking to Jesus and some are coming out. Um, and you go, this makes me super uncomfortable. Do you throw that person under the bus and let them just be called Christian witches? Or do you go, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't think you call them. And I think that's important that we do. And that's something we try to do a lot at Remnant Radio is like, Okay, I, I believe these are brothers and sisters, sure. and I don't go around like throwing my but see, literal physical saying, brothers and sisters. I think under they're the bus. brothers and sisters, but we don't know them. We don't know what they preach or teach. Like even saying that is kind of a dangerous thing but to say. I, I do believe. Okay, Bill Johnson and Bethel Church. Okay, I'm sorry, Heretic Hunters. I believe they're brothers and oh, sisters. Oh, I do too. I'd be willing to they're say they're Christians. That. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I was talking about the people in Australia that I have no clue what they believe. Okay. Sure. Yeah. 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 E- either way. Um, I don't want to throw them under the bus. I think their heart was probably like they were trying to do the right thing. I think it lacked discernment. I wouldn't do it. I'm uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. But we'll move to the next subject. Okay, so uh, wonderful. Jared called me the most gentle pastor of 2020 award. Nice. Cool. Thanks, Jared. All right. So... um, What is that? Grave oh, sucking. Grave sucking. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about. Yes. Let's talk about the yeah, grave slurpee. Just made a sucking noise. Let's, let's talk about the grave slurpee. Is that the let's, grave slurpee? This is this okay. is what people this are like here for. Yeah. yeah. This is what people are here for. Okay. Okay. So, photos posted. People sure. laying down on graves. On graves, praying for anointings. People are like, this was just a group of random Bethel students, but it's like, like, wasn't Bill Johnson's wife was either sure. in the photo or posted the photo or something like that? So it's not like mm-hmm. it was just not a thing how do we make sense of that because that talk about if tarot cards made people feel weird laying on a grave asking for a spirit feels real weird sure um this the best of my understanding of that event is that uh one it was rapidly denounced by bill you can find this on a michael brown interview with bill johnson Oh yeah, that was good. Um, around 15 minute mark, um, where he says, uh, "I do not believe in grave sucking. We do not practice this as a church. We do not promote this." Um, and so, 
first of all, these people were not going there to suck things from graves or to... <laughs> Uh, that I could see how you could see that. Sure, uh, sure. I think their motivation was to go pray for God to do again the revival that has happened in ages past, um, and to uh, to in doing so, like ask people for you know, like they read the text about how. Someone threw their bones on, I think it was Elisha, and that person came back to life. And so, Lord, just give us more of your anointing. Um, but I do not think that's healthy. And I want to just be clear, like, don't do that. Like, it's <laughs> cool to go to graves and just, like, pray. Um, I mean, I've got a picture on my computer of Jeff Durbin going to R.C. Sproul's grave. Uh, and I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, like is he going to? Who knows? Suck. But <laughs> if, if I wanted to defame his ministry, sure. I would put that next to Bill Johnson and then send it over <laughs> to the hyper hyper critic guy who right. debunks yeah. John you know, MacArthur and Justin Peters. It calls them heretics. You know, that's the thing. Is like I, yeah. I'm just curious about like literally like, what what transaction was really taking place. Yeah. So like, okay, you know, personally. I don't have a problem with believing there's such a thing as spiritual inheritance. I, sure. I think there is. I think that, you know, you see that from Elijah to Elisha, and it's sure. very directly, you know, like we always have to say it that way. They like have to, shh, like really announce it so we know which Elijah we're talking about. Anyway, yeah. um, so I digress. He gets the double portion, right? Yeah. And uh, say Joshua and Moses and so on. So yeah. uh, I do believe that there's such a thing as a spiritual sure. inheritance. Is it okay to pray for it? I think so. Yeah, Josh is kind of. I don't like any of this. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But um, anyway, so I think there is. Is it okay to pray for it? I think it is. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to pray for it at a gravesite? Yeah. Bro, define spiritual is inheritance. It, now, is it okay to lay down on the grave and pray? I mean, I'm not gonna do it. Sure. Are you a heretic if you do? No. Yeah. Just I. I mean, I'm not gonna do that. Now, mm-hmm. are you going to make a sucking noise while you <laughs> try to like right. inhale their right. inheritance or something? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're getting into weird territory. Bro, but... yeah. Michael, you're in a goofy mood, dog. <laughs> right. Define right. spiritual inheritance. Because Define... I've heard guys talk about like the spirit of Catherine Kuhlman entering the room, and this That's is where like what a bro, spirit of inheritance, bro. I'm bro. like, no, he- seriously, let, hear, hear me out. Okay, so <laughs> like Kundalini. Man. There's some weird stuff, y'all, of guys going like, hey. We tell the stories of Catherine Kuhlman. We told the stories of her miracles. And as I tell the stories, I felt her spirit enter the room. And the miracles that she saw started happening. It's like if you're going to a grave to suck up this anointing from this person, just realize they don't have an anointing. Christ does. Right. Uh-huh. Right? Like we I don't need the spirit of Elijah. I got the spirit of Christ. Like mm-hmm. the same spirit that raised God from the dead. Like that's what I want. I don't mm-hmm. want I, I would I would not settle for an inferior anointing. Uh, like I'm just I don't yeah. I, I'm not going to someone's grave to like you know, and, and if, if what we're saying by mantle I mean, what spiritual you, inheritance what do you do with is Elijah to say, Elisha. If again, let me back up, let me back up. If I was gonna say it's the mantle New Testament, the Old Testament doesn't matter. Mi- mission. If you're gonna say, hey, Lord, like I want you to use me the way they use this person to reach Africa and, and use me in a way that I would reach twice as many people, a double portion, great, praise God. But you're looking to God 
to give you a, 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 a greater reach for God's people. Again, it's not that's what I see it it's as not superpowers. And again, that's why I was asking that's define I I don't define inheritance. I don't I don't see it as like there's still an anointing sitting six feet under the ground inside of a casket. <laughs> right. How to get it out? How do we get it out? Can, yeah. can we open this thing? Like, you right. know, I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm just saying it's okay to pray for. And if they prayed for it at a grave, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know the situation where they like. Um, maybe they were visiting the grave anyway. I mean, probably not. Probably mm-hmm. they went there to go <laughs> grave suck. <laughs> no. Uh, you go on, like, these little revival tours of, like, oh, this is where the Great Awakenings happened. Let me go visit this church. And so... <laughs> Michael, stop! <laughs> So it's way too late. We're never doing three shows again, bro. Yeah. New rule. No three shows uh, back to back. And so this isn't like, <laughs> let's go lay on the grave as the goal of the trip. It's like, let's go learn revival history. And while they're there, they act foolish. And like, I, I mean, it, it's disrespecting somebody, I think, at some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think it's sin uh, in the sense of they're trying to do necromancy. Um, but it, there is a discernment. Like, if you want to see Bethel in its best light, you can and just brush it off. If you want to see it in its worst light, you can. If you want to know reality, that's a totally different story. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the call for Christians is I want to describe these events as accurately as possible without putting <clears throat> fluff one way or the other. And my, my favorite thing about this story is it's like, hey, this is something that happened. Are we denying that it happened? Nope. We're owning it. That sure, happened. Sure. Did we yeah. like it? Nope. Yeah, we said we didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, like, and why can't we move fair, on? I've been kind of being silly about it, but I, I don't think it's great. And Bill Johnson, he, already, he doesn't think it's great either. He, he doesn't, doesn't yeah. think it's great. And he said, let's stop doing it. So, I think let's it's move such on. a mute point. It, like I don't understand, yeah. and that's why we're making light of it. If it was a serious thing yeah. to Elijah, a serious thing to Bethel, I don't think we'd be sitting here giggling. Like about yeah, if Bethel was like standing up, like I'm gonna die on this hill. Like yeah. I, I just said die. Yeah, <laughs> shouldn't have gone there. Okay, <laughs> Michael. Uh, let Let me pull back on a point, uh, which is redeeming the occult, um, because I, I I think there's yeah, a, a lot point. of wisdom that needs to be dispensed on this, um, and so. First of all, in every culture, there are common grace insights, which are truths that maybe that culture knows that the church or another culture doesn't. Like the Chinese at one point knew about gunpowder. The occult, because it's trying to control the the, uh, supernatural through natural means, sometimes stumbles upon scientifically based stuff. So back in the day, people used to track the stars uh, in order to divine them. This was astrology. There was something called the Enuma Elish. And uh, one day they realized, hey, we're able to predict where planets are because we've been tracking the stars for over 400 years. This was the ancient Babylonians. And so out of that, the, uh, the science of astronomy was born. <clears throat> and so you can redeem something 
by looking at the essential essence and going, can we remove the sinful part and give it a new name? So with astrology, which the sinful essence is divining stars, trying to get information that way, can we pull something out that is, you know, our culture can learn from? So we, we all practice uh, astronomy today as Christians. This came out of the occult. Uh, the same for chemistry. People used to, to make do alchemy. Yeah. And uh, then uh, now they do, uh, they've taken the sinful part out. We're not doing this for spiritual reasons. We're studying chemicals. And so is the concept logically possible to do? Yes. Um, is it done rightly uh, in, in the hypercharismatic movement? Sometimes you'll run across someone rarely that finds something. A lot of the time, not. And you have to look at it on a case by case basis. But to could you give me an example? It could not be redeemed. What what type of example? Like you said, sometimes the people in the charismatic movement can come across an occult practice and say, "We could do this better. We could remove the sin from it." Like I talked to you about yoga. Like, hey, is well, yoga one of those things? And you're like, "Nope, yoga is not one of those things. Uh, it can't yeah, be redeemed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, give me an example of a redeemable practice by the charismatic movement when they were like, "Can I throw pseudoscience in there?" Because it's easy if it's not. Uh, but let's say it's the case that someone who is uh, doing the new age practice of trying to raise their chi. Uh, okay. Okay. Wow. We're getting into just a mess if we're going to start going down, down occult stuff. Uh, and and uh, open their chakras. Think that music uh, helps do that. Okay. Um, so they're mm. using music, non-binary binary beats, in order to open their chakras. If someone goes, "Hey, I'm I'm not trying to do any type of chakra or chi work, but I do think listening to certain types of songs or something can help heal the body," I have no problem with that. And so that is the type of thing where you can go, "Hey." Maybe certain types of music heals cells. Um, I think that's very questionable scientifically, but I'm not going to call that an occultic practice. Um, does that make sense? You're looking very apprehensive. Yeah, I don't know why you would want to do that. Like, if the, I've got no data that would say music heals, like to your, to your, to your point, that there's split scientific data. Sure. There's no biblical reason. Right. Why would I even try and practice something uh, that a cult would do? Uh, now, like if you're going to say... Because you're trying to find medicine. Okay, so so if you're going to say like chiropractic, you used this example earlier. Sure. Like, but it just a, a charismatic wasn't the one that happened to redeem it, right? right? So right. a chiropractor started um, as a way to align the, the chakras, is that correct? No, to align uh, the... So there's a guy named David Palmer and he starts uh, something... He, he's a spiritualist. And he believes in something called innate intelligence. So whenever you think of magic, always think of the force in Star Wars. Is you're trying to get this spiritual thing going through the room to flow into you so you can have some power some way. And so David Palmer started uh, thinking, if I align spines correctly, it will 
take the flow of healing energy through people and uh like yeah he talked to spirits in order to learn this so this is an occultic practice right but um to to today there's a little bit of scientific evidence that chiropractors can heal lower back pain and there are people who practice hey i'm just going to pop your back in order to allow you I'm gonna to relax your muscles with this massager i'm going to move your bones yeah. in this direction so they cause you less pain they're not pinching yeah. on any nerves yeah and so Science. if if you're going to someone strictly for a scientific reason um for medicine that i think is okay even and i would suggest changing the name and like we have osteopaths today that are I, I think the better option of the two, but like it takes a ton of discernment um, to tell the difference. There's a book called hey, turn. Uh, Alternative Medicine, the Christian Handbook. I think everyone needs this book. Um, it's by uh, Donnell Omathana. Um, but it walks through the difference between the spiritual side of alternative medicine and the uh, like scientific side of both. And it tells you, hey, this is redeemable. This is not. Hmm. Um, and so there are people out there who have researched this stuff. And we need churches to critically think about this because if, if the occult is coming into the western church it's going to come through alternative medicine and it's because we are magic blind none of us think in terms of magic and so what happens is people go in they're feeling sick somehow and then this person starts telling them about something involving chi or their vitality that sounds very like hey i've never heard of this before but it's worth a shot and so we need a discerning church, but we can't throw good medicine out or we're committing the genetic fallacy. Like the origin of something doesn't make it wrong. If, you know, if Hitler allowed women to vote. And, uh, and, and that was the first time it ever happened. And then we <laughs> come over here and we do that. We don't go, hey, you're practicing Nazism. We go, look, there's a break between this. And so critical thinking and discernment have to be involved uh, at the highest levels. There are so many things I wish I could think through. I know we're, yeah. we're at the end I of mean, our it show. Really, it, it comes down to like practical examples. We've talked about the tarot cards. We've kind of yeah. shared our, our thoughts on that. Um, you know, I, I think we'll do one more question. And we're really kind of out of time anyway, but I'm going to ask this one more question. And then we'll do like a closing thought. Uh, and, and the question is related to a cult, the idea of astral projection, the idea sure. that I can like send my spirit to random places yeah. and do random Specifically things. Specifically third heaven stuff. Right. Yeah. And so there's, there seems to be lots of talk in Bethel circles about like, you know, it's one thing like you read in second Corinthians 12 when the apostle Paul's telling his story of being mm -hmm. caught up in the third heaven. He's not like, I went up to the third heaven and here's what I saw and it was wonderful and here's what I heard. Instead, he like distances himself from it. It's like he he's been put up to it because you know yeah. they're accusing him of being a false apostle. And he's like, okay, I got to put this out here, and then he distances himself from it by 
talking about it in a third person, I knew a man who had surpassingly great revelations, you know, and so, uh, and so he barely even talks about, it, but he does. And then he says, I heard words that are too inexpressible to, to even repeat, but so it's not even something that like, it's something that happened to him. It's not something he even seemed to seek after, sure. but the way at least, and I'm not at Bethel, so I don't know mm -hmm. you're there. So I, I'm just, I'm asking you, is this happening? This idea of like training people to go to the third heaven and hear things and see things uh, because that would sound like astral projection. Sure. Or is it just, hey, we're just teaching people how to seek the Lord and we just tend to have a lot of people going to the third heaven? You are asking incredibly tough questions tonight. Uh, so there is like you said, legitimate people in scripture who God translates, he uh, gives third heaven experiences to. Uh, and then there is, let's just talk about astral projection proper. This is where a new ager or someone tries to get their spirit to leave their body and go you know, into the astral realm. Well, the astral realm is what you and I would think of as the second heaven. Um, and they report, hey, I went there and didn't have any problems. Others report, I came back with some type of parasite, they call it, uh, which you and I know are demons. They talk about shapeshifters in the astral realm. Um, and so... I am highly cautious of encouraging people to try to uh, self enter the third heaven. I'm, I'm, I, mm -hmm. I don't see that practice. You're not advocated. You're not aiming for it, and you you haven't but, seen it advocated. But I don't deny people from asking God, um, "Hey, Jesus, take me into the third heaven." If if that be whatever your your uh, deal is, um, I think there is a difference of opinion among people at Bethel. Um, I don't see it advocated by Chris to the best of my knowledge. I've read his uh, prophetic manual, but I have ran across people who think that's legit, and I don't hold that position. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to be as honest. But sure. have you, as someone in the comment section saying, hey, I saw, apparently they saw maybe on YouTube or something, a lady from Bethel teaching people how to go to heaven. Sure. In your experience, have you seen that? Here's how you go to heaven? Yeah. Okay. It, what is the difference between that and astral projection? I cannot answer that question. Like, okay. I'm, I'm just. What, being... what is astral projection? Well, yeah. He explained uh, uh, yeah. what we would call it's the third your heaven. Spirit. Your spirit leads yeah. into a supernatural realm. Like, yeah. just go. Search like Joe Rogan. For, even forget well, Bethel let me, let me for a moment. To you about all right, how people astral project. So, um, first of all, it starts with your imagination. So you try to imagine I'm talking to Jesus, or you're trying to imagine uh, I am <laughs> exiting my body, um, and so. This is something people don't understand about astral projection. It often can create false experiences, not of, let's say, second heaven. Like you can train your brain to trick itself 
And so uh, there's this lady called, I want to say Blackman Blackburn, uh, who was trying to like astral project because she was a new ager and she would realize, oh, I would see myself leaving my house and going through the second and third floor and there's no second and third floor. And so um, there's also people who say, look, um, if you can really make your spirit leave your body, then what I'll do is I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars if you can tell me the words on this piece of paper that I put in another room. So skeptic societies, um, like, like, Hey, if you're really doing this, bro. So, uh, like let's get this scientifically documented <clears throat> at the same point. Uh, you know, Habermas will say, in near-death experiences, we have evidential NDEs where uh, people's spirits have floated up above lights and they're able to tell the serial numbers on the back. And uh -huh. so this is the edge of knowledge. And so I don't advocate for it because I see no clear teaching in Scripture for it. So we say sufficiency of Scripture. If we're looking for a practice, sure, practice isn't there. Yeah. So personally, you can't speak for Bethel on this sure, one because there seems to be a mix of teaching. Yeah. And that would be one that we would agree. It's not in Scripture. Sure. Don't do it. Sure. Just for our two cents. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would say personally I'm not comfortable with seeking to leave my body yeah. and go somewhere else. I mean, it feels yeah. too close. Paul said... No. <laughs> uh, if the Lord wants to give me some sort of crazy vision, but yeah. even he said, I don't know whether I was in my body or out of my body. No, the I, closest... I mean that Paul said, if I if I leave to be with the Lord, like oh. I'm, it's an out of body experience. Ah, there you uh, go. Yeah. The closest text I ran across uh, for people on the other side is I want to say it was Elijah or Elisha uh, was meditating one day and the Syrian army. He saw them, yeah, and he said, "I, I, I saw you like in my second, spirit." Oh, yeah, of something like that. Uh, but it, it doesn't teach necessarily like he willed himself. The, the yeah. scripture's silent no, on just, what happened. Um, yeah, and so, talking about where he saw the the Syrian commander in yeah. his bedroom. Yeah, yeah. I want to say Second Kings six, but I could yeah. be wrong on that. Which to me is no different than Jesus saying of Nathaniel, "I saw I you under the fig tree." tree. Yeah. That yeah. very well could be visionary. Yeah, I just I just think the idea of projecting our spirits places for me personally and I'm just I'll speak for me. I I feel uncomfortable with anything redeeming new age, sure. attempting to redeem new age, Agreed. anything that's like touching it in any way whatsoever astronomy i hear you man uh, i'm just chemistry? gonna stay away from it i'm just gonna stay no chemistry as far as <laughs> as far as as far as like I, I, again i think that you can say um uh there was a chair in the corner and someone decided to bow down and worship the chair for three hours and they got demon possessed was that some kind of mystic practice no that was someone who placed uh belief and faith sure. and trust in something sure. and there was an open door and a sure. demonic force was able yeah. to attach itself to said practice yeah. and there are a thousand natural practices in the universe um that um uh that people give themselves to worship yeah. um but that doesn't mean i'm not going to sit in a chair yeah 
Yeah. Right, just because you worship, like, let's say there's a giant chair cult that just worships the the great lazy boy. That doesn't mean I'm never going to sit in a lazy boy because people think that that I'm going to be practicing. Sure. No, right. I, I'm going to I'm going to say that this thing spiritual values to them. Mm-hmm. So I can say that this is not inherently um, uh, uh, new age at all, and say sure. that's just science. Sure. Uh, and the same thing I think with chiropractic, you can say that though it was brought to our attention through a demonic force, certainly I can say that that law has existed forever. That's not inherently new age. Right. So that it, I, when saying, can I redeem things that are new age? I'd say, no, you can't redeem things that are new age, but you can have empirical data on science and facts. Sure. And new age can have pseudoscience where they try to figure out science, where they try to be sure. led into that. Uh, but the, all truth is God's truth. They sure. don't have any kind of claim to that. Is that, is that fair? Well, I, I mean, no, because I think other cultures can know God's truth. I agree. Like they can discover it before us. Agreed. And then how do you take it out? Um, it, it, it did not originate f- with us. And that's the redeemed thing because every time you take something out, let's say, let's say that sliver of chiropractic, just popping the lower back. Sure. Let's say the science is there for it. Sure. You're called a new ager. Well, well, unless... Or if you take certain types of vitamins, you're called a new ager. And so I want to say... Christians who have legitimate evidence for a practice mm-hmm. um, are not, and I'm not trying to advocate for astral project. Like here, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're saying that uh, that there is cultish practices that yeah. um, have attached themselves to science, and Christians shouldn't be afraid of science because it had a cultish practice yeah. attached to it. Right. But I, I would say it like that. I wouldn't say we can redeem cultish practices because that sounds like you know, hey, we're 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 drinking goat blood this Thursday. Let's right. redeem it for Jesus. <laughs> we know that there's there's no well, redeeming that. Well, then it comes down to t- terminology. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I feel if I use my phrase the way I defined it, sure, it makes perfect. I'm almost, sense. I'm almost, yeah. almost trying to def- not defend you, but in, in a sense, for those who are out there going defend, like yeah. redeem cultish. Pra- what yeah. is he talking about? Yeah, like yeah. you're talking about their science that they're trying to attach their their pseudo religious practice yeah, to. Sure. Uh, so, you're just saying the true data, the facts, the science. We shouldn't be afraid of as Christians. Sure, right, and that's yeah. Fair. So, so wherever the occult has come in and merged with some sort of science or whatever we should just separate that sure but you're just saying that's not redeeming new age that's just it's that's redeeming, redeeming science. science right yeah so uh, anyway but i think what let's major on the majors here all right bethel is <laughs> anti-occult right okay so like they're you know if somebody was to practice necromancy if somebody sure. was to uh practice like occult tarot cards not sure some Okay, well, if they if they were to go to a pagan festival and right. participate in those practices, anything like that, what would happen at Bethel Church? Uh, they would be disciplined, like straight up sat down. I mean, it, it has to come up to a leader, right? Uh, of course, but, but like it, it gets yeah. found out. Yeah. If the leader finds out, it's the, get it's getting addressed. It's getting addressed. Okay, um, and so those two things you described uh, the the uh you know the use of cards the thing on uh can i leave my soul and go to heaven i am not comfortable with uh but i i it is at the edge of my knowledge 
I I can say I can make arguments for both sides. I don't promote it. That's right. Yeah. So I think let's just to do some summary statements. I think there are some things that we've discussed today that I think Josh and I both would say in the discernment kind of sphere, we would say I'd stay away from this or I'd stay away from that. Sure. Um, But I'm, I'm not seeing heresy personally. Sure. I'm not seeing something where I say Bethel church is, uh, is not of God. And that's, it's of the devil. We need to have those categories. Heresy, wrong and dangerous, wrong. We yeah. disagree with. Yeah. And then because the, there's tons of Christians I disagree right. with. Right. And then the other thing is like when we talk about grave sucking or when we mm-hmm. talk about this Christ alignment tarot cards or whatever, mm-hmm. these are not central to Bethel's ministry. These are not. No. The, these are things that happened in kind of certain yeah. situations that if it's the grave sucking, it got addressed. It fits the blue genie. It got addressed. The description is in the video. You can click the link. You the can go watch genie, all that stuff. The blue genie did get addressed. So, yeah. Um, which, I mean, I think it's fair to say, like, man, how did we even get to this place where the blue genie comment could be made? That but, is a fair question. Yeah. But still, it was addressed. So, as a Christian brother, I'm not going to be like, well, you need to repent 10 times. You could ask this, uh, the question of Corinth. How could a guy be sleeping with his father's wife. How is that even possible? How could he even get there? Well, like the church is still called Christian. The the guy was told to be disciplined. If you take the second Corinthians passage and say he was disciplined, it looks like he came back into faith. So like just to say that there there are bad practices that happen, even if you want to categorize all of these things as bad, so does Bethel. They said no to those things. So that's, we need to categorize so, these things in the right box. I've never visited Bethel personally. We'll um, have to go. I'm very good friends with Ken Fish, and Ken Fish has been on the show a number of times, and Ken Fish has very strong doctrine. And um, and Bill Johnson is on his board and uh, for, for his ministry. For real? Yeah. And I so, know that. Yeah, for, for real. And, uh, and he says Bill Johnson's a man of God. Mm-hmm. So I just... I'm going to be somebody who's going to show charity to Christian brothers and sisters. Bethel is admittedly not my tribe. Yeah. Like, that's not really how I practice my faith. It doesn't look like that. My church doesn't look like Bethel Church in its expression. But I think what we all have to be careful of is, like, it's not my tribe, therefore it's of the devil. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not right. That's not okay. And there's just too much of that. Um, I, w- I want to throw a comment in. Uh, is... One thing that would help people on the other side and Bethel people come together is learning to write friendly communication to each other where you assume the best but ask good questions. Um, I am just disgusted with how we discuss things on the Internet at this point. Um, And, like, we have to – like, if you assume, hey, maybe this is my brother in Christ – and you think, hey, this person just said a statement that sounds like kenosis. Yeah. Is write them something that goes something along the lines of, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I assume you believe Jesus Christ is fully God, fully man. Could you please ch- uh, think about this? This is the history of this. This is a better way to say it. Sure. Um, or think about this um, and have God-honoring dialogue. Christ died for these people. He died for the most critical critic. He died for the the most wacky 
crazy new agey Bethel person. Yeah. He died for the one falling down and he demands of his church that we speak love and truth and we can say things kindly and not fall into error. And the Bible warns, if you think you're spiritual and go and confront something, be careful you don't sin in the process. And I see too much sin in these dialogues. So. That's great. No, and, and tell, tell that story about, uh, if you would, just, you know, do you feed your kids? Because I'm going to get it yeah. wrong. You did such a good job, dude. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah, uh, uh, and part of people on our side's uh, problem with interacting with the other side is... The que- if you can ask question after question after question, it's like coming up to a parent and just going, do you feed your kids? Well, what are you feeding them? Um, do you, are, are you giving them baths every night? Um, because it, it, it's so much challenge, people just kind of shut down over time. And so developing relationships over years and being influences in people's lives is the healthy way. I love to talk to people who disagree with me about any theological topic as long as they're healthy sure. and care about me and want me to grow as a Which human. Which is one being. of the reasons that I'm really looking forward to tomorrow is because yeah. we'll be able to talk about things we agree on a lot more yes. than just be like, okay, why does Bethel talk about this? Like, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it feels like that. It feels like, yeah. hey, uh, does Bethel beat their kids? Do they feed their kids? Do they? And it's right. like the questions, the amount of questions over and over they're asked on is this heresy it makes people yeah. feel like, are you trying to trap me? Like yeah. what is happening? And I know they're coming out with videos that explain a lot of this and have deeply theological responses. They've been working on it over a year. Praise God. And so I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Awesome. It's cool. Okay. When's your documentary coming out? Hopefully next month or two. It will be linked in the description once okay. it comes out. Awesome. Okay. Guys, we enjoyed the last, if you were with us for all three consecutive episodes, oh the last three hours with you, make sure you hit that subscribe button, and we would love if you would consider donating at least $5 a month to Patreon, helps us to continue to make videos like this, and so tomorrow we'll see you at 4 p.m., looking forward to it, God bless you guys, have a great night. <laughs> we should have said. want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek and Hebrew. And you need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description, and you can use the promo promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classroom. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.